Okay. We ready? Yeah, I think so. All right. Here we go. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> a colorful graphic here that shows instances of bullshit like this are on the rise. I've seen The Exorcist about 167 times and it keeps getting funnier every single time I see it! Government's out to get ya, NASA's out to get ya, the NSA's out to get ya. Well, opinions are like assholes. Everybody has one. Police ask public not to shoot after recent Bigfoot sighting. Discussion we've been having lately about Bob Lazar and what he did at Area 51. We ain't found shit! Open the gates. Open the gates! They're here. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious when I saw that. I was like, oh, that is too good. That is amazing. Oh, Jesus. Did you see that, Josh? No. Yeah. Uh, Share with the class, Shane. I will. So Area 51 searches on Pornhub went up 60,000% since <laughs> Raid went viral. <laughs> oh, my God. I was like, oh, that is so fucking funny. <laughs> uh, so I don't know who's marking this, but evidently somebody's saying, oh, yeah, look, we're paying attention to Pornhub, and uh, everybody's looking for alien fucking anal um, or whatever. Alien porn. Right? I saw a meme yesterday where <laughs> they had like a Air Force person in training, like doing the Naruto run. And then the picture underneath it was uh, was like a general going, oh, fuck, it does work. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit, I, you sent me that. That was fucking hilarious. Oh, my God. And it continues. Um, I saw a story of somebody in the Air Force taking a picture of the a class they were in, and they were, like, talking about what the Naruto run was and everything. Oh, oh I there really? Was like, there was a link been... to it. Um, Jesus. I think on one of the Facebook groups I'm on. That's too funny. Had a well, link to it. Yeah. So like, yeah, I don't know. It continues. It, 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 it yeah, yeah, continues. The song so, continues. Yeah. Anyway, hey, well, uh, welcome everybody to Strange Uncles. Uh, this is season two, episode two. And uh, I'm Shane. And I'm John. I'm Josh. And here we are yet again. Uh, we are, we're just, <laughs> even before the podcast, this uh, whole Area 51 bullshit continues. I think it's up to like 3 million now or close to it. Something like that. Fucking A, dude. It just blows my, oh, I just don't get it. Anyway, I had a buddy from LA today. He texts me, says, hey, uh, are you going to go to that that thing? I go, fuck yeah, we're going to go to that thing. He goes, well, I'll hold your camera for you if you guys are going to go. <laughs> You're on board. We need a grip, man. Yeah. That's fine with that shit. So anyway, um, awesome. Uh, so on this episode, we are going to do uh, some news and facts like we usually do. And John, I think you uh, you have a script you wrote up about a person in history. Yes, uh, we're going to be talking about D.B. Cooper, uh, the man, the myth, the legend. Awesome. Yeah, pretty pretty uh, fascinating story. It is, actually, you know, and that actually uh, was in my own stopping grounds in Northwest where I guess supposedly he jumped out of the plane. Yeah. Somewhere in area. He didn't and supposedly that, jump out of the plane. Well, he no, okay. jumped out of the plane. <laughs> but where he jumped out of the plane is up right. for debate. Right, So exactly. there's a lot, of, a lot of people that think a lot of different things about where the, the actual jump site was. Yeah, but yeah, we'll, we'll get into on. we'll get into that. Yeah, forty something odd years later. Yeah, here, here we are again. Still to speak, man. If the guy is still alive, he's probably just laughing his ass off one way or another. I hope he got away. I 
I truly. I hate to say that, but I hope he did too. Oh yeah, I hope he survived oh, yeah. the jump and just. Oh, stealing money from the government? Fuck to the yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure they would have found the body or the parachute by now if he didn't survive. Mm-hmm. And just money scattered everywhere. Yeah. Well, we'll get it. We'll get into yeah, this. Yeah. We'll get oh, into yeah. this. Yeah, that'd be we're, good. we're getting ahead that'd of ourselves, gentlemen. Um, As we do. Yeah. Well, you know, it is what it is. Uh, well, first of all, there was so much news coverage uh, last week. Uh, again, the Area 51 thing seems to be fucking taken over. Um, we're not going to beat it with a dead horse at this point. I think now we're going to. Well, you're going to be in. I've Norway, never heard that right? expression that I'm way. I'm going to be in Iceland. Oh, Iceland. That's right. Yeah. Oh, you never heard beat it with a dead horse? No, I've heard beating a dead horse, but I've never heard beat it with a dead horse. That'd it's, be really hard. They're it's a heavy. Montana term. <laughs> I like that better, actually. <laughs> it makes more sense to me. Anywho, um, it continues to roll. And I think, so Josh and I, since you're going to be out of country, we're going to wait till, we'll keep covering this on the podcast here and there, just so people are updated with uh, what fucking celebrities are doing what and who's doing what. But I think the first week or two of September, if this is still kind of fueling and there's a fire there... I guess we got to go, I suppose. Well, yeah, I mean. It's your duty to God and country to go. Due diligence, man. Yeah. Yeah, one way or another. Well, anyway, we'll keep you guys freak show. <laughs> it's fucking complete freak show. But anyway, we've got uh, we got some news topics and articles we're going to start with. Uh, who wants to start the roundtable? Um, I will. I've got a pretty interesting story that I stumbled upon um, yesterday. And it is... It's about uh, the headline is moon landing mission recording spark UFO claims as tracks seen by Apollo astronauts. And um, it's written by Sean Martin from express.co.uk. Basically they uncovered transcripts uh, between astronauts and ground control. um, And it's, it's about the, uh, it's from the Apollo 15 mission that Mm. happened in 1971. Okay. Um, they were the fourth group to land on the moon. Um, and their crew consisted of David Scott, Alfred Warden and James Irwin. And, um, they apparently stumbled across neatly organized tracks on the surface of the moon. What um, kind of tracks? Is, Does it cover that? Like, um, I'll uh, read the, oh, okay. the, Sorry. the transcript that they got. Um, but this took place, um, where did it take place? Um, the tracks were leading to Mount Hadley, and that's a mountain range located in the northern hemisphere on the moon. Hmm. Um, so the conversation uh, with the astronauts and ground control is kind of goes as follows. Um, so Scott, Arrowhead really runs east to west. Mission control. Roger, we copy. Irwin, tracks here as we go down slope. Mission control. Just follow the tracks, huh? Irwin. Right, we're garble. We know that's fairly that's a fairly good run. We're bearing 320, hitting range for 413. I can't get over those lineations, that layering on Mount Hadley. Scott, I can't either. That's really spectacular. Irwin, they sure look beautiful. Scott, talk about organization. Irwin, that's the most organized structure I've ever seen. Scott, it's garble. So uniform in width. Irwin. Nothing we've seen before this has shown such uniform thickness from the top of the tracks to the bottom. Um, what? Yeah. Weird. Huh. So that's okay. pretty. So it sounds like wheel or track marks, not like footprints. Yeah. It, right, so- right. it sounds like there was some type of machine going into the mountain range. No um, railroad and- tracks or anything like that. No, kind mm-hmm. of some, some okay. type of vehicle. 
Um, hmm. UFOlogist uh, Don Wilson put that uh, in his book in 1975, actually, called Our, Our, uh, Our Mysterious Spaceship Moon. Um, and he questions whether NASA has any answers for the sighting. And I don't think we know. Um, also, there's uh, hmm. accusations that NASA has destroyed some of the transmissions um, oh, I've heard about the that dialogue, before. you know, yeah. uh, I also heard they accidentally auctioned off the tapes from the original moon landing. Yeah. How do you accidentally auction that? Yes. Yeah, I, I saw they that got a, mislabeled saw that a, put in a, the wrong box or something. Jesus I saw that a couple years ago. Yeah. And the guy's auctioning it off for however much money. Can you imagine finding that in a yard sale? Just fucking, Hey, well, you know. the sad thing is like, then you'd have to spend thousands of dollars on the technology to actually be able to play them. No, you know shit about that. that. stuff's so outdated now. Yeah, yeah. That shit's yeah. crazy. And, uh, yeah, the ufologist, Mr. Wilson, he wrote, what are these tracks? Who made them? Where did they come from? Does NASA have an answer for the people? So pretty interesting. I mean, it sounds like they're, you know, uniform tracks. They don't get smaller or bigger. They stay the exact same from beginning to end and, that is fucking crazy. Um, and that's Apollo 15 mission, Apollo right? 15, okay. 1971. Because um, we ended in 72. Is that right about that? The last missions it flew? Um, I think it was supposed to be 17. Mm. Um, All together, right? I don't remember the year. Hmm. But okay. I think 17 was supposed to be the last one, but there's a bunch of talk that 18, 19, and 20 yeah. actually happened. But that's where you start to get into like conspiracy theory, like base, moon base. Yeah, that's, oh, our favorite shit. That's a whole so, other yeah. well, that's layer a good article. of onion to peel. That's a good article because uh, it is, what, the 50th anniversary for the Apollo. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're kind of on track for that thing. Yeah. That's blowing up the news, too. You yeah. know, a bunch of unfound pictures and footage and everything that they admit. Of course, then you got the other people. Oh, we never landed. Yeah. Well, it just brings that, that old topic up. Yeah. Yeah, Shane, it's always fun. They left a mirror up there and shined a laser <laughs> at the mirror, and it came back and said, "Hey, proof we've been there." <laughs> I believe we've been there. You know, I'm. I don't know. I'm on the fence with the whole thing. Anyway, I know, think I read something where uh, Elon Musk is wanting to go back up there. SpaceX. Yeah, he's and actually. He, uh, I think he said that we can get there sooner than later. I don't have the article pulled up or anything. But I, I stumbled on that though. Uh, yeah. I, kind of was glancing over it something yeah. that he's wanting to get back up there and the thing is like it shouldn't be that hard we've been there several times yeah with a it's, computer right. less powerful than the right. phone I hold yeah like yeah. uh back when i had my iphone 3 i read an article that that had more computing power like by 600 times than what they used to make the moon landing so yeah it's the only thing is money it's money and it's and i think at the time too i stumbled on an article that was talking about uh the want of the people you know, so of course, you know, in that time frame, we got wars going on, things are happening, we're fighting the Ruskies, uh, and all this stuff. The people wanted us to win as an, as America, I guess. Now we're not like that anymore. So yeah, the whole think... mentality shifted, and that's one of the reasons where why why we're going to waste money over here, not over here. Yeah, We've I already done it. I don't so. think people are that excited about the moon anymore. Well, so it's no, like just no. no. But also, if you want to know, my theory is like. There's no way that our propulsion technology is the same in the same place it was 50 fucking years ago. Oh, fuck no, dude. Like, I I am sure we're still going to the moon. And the reason that, like, they're not like, hey, NASA, let's go to the moon is because it's like, shh, there's already stuff going on. (laughs) (laughs) I think we haven't gone back because the aliens up there were like, hey. Get the fuck out. Scram. 
Yeah, right. Well, you know, there was that one report of actually seeing something. Yeah. And they he stumbled uh, right on it. Yeah, like Buzz and... Uh, yeah. Jesus, now I can't think of... Neil Armstrong? Thank you. What the fuck? <laughs> that other fucking my guy. Alzheimer's is acting up. <laughs> um, but, like, uh, I remember hearing something where, like, while they were out, they went to a crater and, and right. they were basically yeah. saying there were craft all around and... Um, and there being rumors of someone saying, like, mm, I don't really think you should be here. Right. But, and it just basically scared the piss out of them. Yeah. And nope, not going to do this anymore. So, but you I've imagine? also heard so much whack shit. God. Yeah. I mean, crazy. Oh, man. it's a never ending rabbit hole. Mm hmm. Yeah. But yeah. So I thought that was a. That's cool. Well, I got story. something. It's not quite as heavy as the moon, which is good because, you know, again, the Apollo thing blown up. Um, I stumbled across a uh, survey here. That actually was had by, um, let me see, dude, it was an insider poll. So these things go off across the country. You know, they have these different random polls and surveys of, what do you think about this? What do you think about this? Because everybody cares about everybody's fucking opinion and where they stand. Well, here was one that I was really surprised that they actually put work into. Uh, Republican voters are more likely to believe in Bigfoot and the Illuminati, while Democratic voters are more likely to believe in aliens. Hmm. Anybody give a shit about that one? <laughs> um, I mean, well, I'm like, why now? Do they have any, was it just, Hey, are you a Republican? Which of these three weird things do you think is <laughs> yeah, pretty much. more likely? They, or, they hold pictures up. Or yep. did they have like follow-up <laughs> questions? Like why? Yeah, it was uh, not really follow-up. They just wanted the bare bones. So a new insider poll found that Republican voters were statistically more likely to believe in the Illuminati and creatures like Bigfoot compared to Democratic voters. Uh, meanwhile, the Democratic voters uh, were in the extraterrestrial realm. Okay, which, fine. Uh, those who self-report believing in chemtrails tend to identify as liberal. Really? Because that sounds like <laughs> that Facebook sounds boomer bullshit to me. I know, exactly. And again, I don't know how fucking true this poll is, but I found that was kind of fucking funny. I stumbled on that. What I'm is like, the oh, point okay. of that poll? I did. Like, Why? What are, they, exactly. what, are they trying to, what are they trying to get? Don't you have better that? things to that do with your fucking time? That is one of the main reasons I don't answer the phone when it's a phone number I don't recognize. Like, I've gotten called up for polls. Oh, yeah, me I'm neither. Just like, no. No, I'm, I'm done. Like, so. Um, I got another short one here real quick uh, that was kind of cool. And this one is, so this is something that stumped Einstein for years. And it is what quantum entanglement looks like. So he called it. It was a spooky action at a distance. Uh, scientists have actually been able to take a picture now of this said quantum entanglement for the first time ever. So I stumble on this a lot where we're talking about quantum entanglement and we're talking about uh, just quantum physics in fucking general. Am I the only one that just it, the mind is blown on what it is? No, I totally understand it. Yeah, well, do you? You fucking <laughs> asshole. <laughs> They're just fucking to make qubits and all this other bullshit. They can work at zero and they can work at ones at the same time. Um, so they can calculate quicker and da 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 yeah, da. I was, but I was just listening crazy. to uh, this kid, Deep Prasad. He's a genius and he's in uh, quantum computers. And he was explaining it. And I feel like he was trying to dumb it down for the mm -hmm. layman like me. Oh, you and would I, have and to. I, and I was still just like. Uh? Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, like I don't, I don't understand the math because I'm horrible at math. But like, yeah, when I watch someone like Neil deGrasse Tyson or uh, Brian Greene or somebody like talk about the concepts that the math describes, like mm -hmm. I get that, I get what they're saying. 
I just like if you showed me the math, I'd be like, what? <laughs> um, yeah, I don't, I don't, yeah. I've always been fascinated by spooky action at a distance because it's a really hard thing to like. It obviously they just barely have been able to like document get it to this thing to make it right. so that it's not theoretical, but also like in one of the at least one of the Stargate TV show spinoffs, like that's how they would like communicate. Oh no, shit! <laughs> like it's there, there was fight. like rocks or something that they had and and they would be able to like touch the rock and then someone back on earth would touch the rock that that corresponded with and their consciousnesses would switch bodies and that's how they could like oh my god talk to each other. It was and i thought i was awesome. a nerd you're a bigger nerd than i ever thought of being i never watched stargate oh don't any do of yourself a favor man i heard i heard they're good i you love know, the movie i don't know original I macgyver plays uh f- fucking the fuck kurt russell's that? character Oh the uh, ma- oh okay yeah 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 um, the movie was good yeah the movie yeah the movie, the movie was, was fantastic great. yeah, yeah. Um, but I think I saw it in theaters I think I did too I remember it no no that's after my time that's I one of those movies it. I have on DVD because I don't like I watch it pretty regularly and did don't you say have to rent DVD it. what is that sir it's digital a- video disc oh interesting. yeah uh, I dug out my shed like three four years ago back in Washington State my kid 12 13 at the time. Hey, Dad, what's this? And he's holding up a cassette. I'm like, oh, fuck. Dude, cassettes are making a comeback like vinyl did. Yeah. Oh, vinyl's so made weird. a huge comeback, which is kind of cool. Um, so, Well, yeah, because vinyl is actually a higher quality something. sound, I think. Yeah. But. Yeah. Different fidelity. But anyway, that's kind of all I had on my side. I thought uh, thought that was interesting. You know, I can't wait till we stumble on this more. We've got a picture of the black hole, the first black hole. <laughs> not my ex-wife. And then now we got this quantum entanglement thing. And yeah, it just fucking amazed me. Little steps by little steps. And here yeah. we are. So anyway. So on a lighter note, um, this is from the Washington <laughs> Post by Hannah Sampson. The title of this story is, Where are the safest seats on a plane? Oh, fuck. Here we go. So um, and she starts off with, uh, just what you always wanted to hear from an airline. Advice on how to pick your seat based on fatality rates. <laughs> Shut up. (laughs) Really? Yeah. Um, The regional Twitter account for Dutch airline KLM in India put out a tweet early Wednesday morning as a follow-up to a trivia question about which seats are the safest on a plane. And the tweet says, uh, according to data studies by time, the fatality rate for seats in the middle of the plane is the highest. However, the fatality rate for seats in the front is marginally lesser and is least for seats in the rear third of a plane. Um, Hmm. so I guess, so according to data studies by time, the fatality rate for seats in the middle of a plane is highest. The tweet said, however, the fatality, eh, sorry, she's just restating what the tweet said, but, um, basically like, uh, she goes on to say that like, nobody's ever been able to like do like actual real study into this and that time was like, Oh no. Um, so I don't know. It was, it was pretty interesting. I always heard that uh, sitting Christ. by the wings. No, dog, that's safest. where all the fuel is. Oh, well. There it goes out. That fucking there it goes right out yeah. the window. I, yeah, I used I've to think lied that to my whole life. I was Every like, time I get on a plane, I'm by the wing. I'm like, fuck yeah. I was like, <laughs> well, and that's where the emergency exits are. So you'd think, right? Yeah. But like uh, also the wings are where they store all the fuel. Mm-hmm. So if it goes down with uh, like yeah. half a tank of like half a tank still, but uh, enough fumes to like, you know, get ignited by a smart, smart. That's, well, everyone's dead at that point. Mm, that's okay. where it's exploding. Yeah. Oh, well, okay. Well, that's where the gremlin is too. Yeah. If I remember right, he's on the fucking wing. So, so I don't sit uh, nowhere near that shit. 
Like, I mean, basically, air travel is still the safest way to travel, but it was just funny that an airline was like, hey, this is the safest place. Well, of course. It's the safest place. Fucking funny. Safest seats are in the back. Yeah. What are they thinking putting that kind of story out? Because you're (laughs) implying that there's also dangerous seats. Mm Mm-hmm. With, with putting the safest seats out there, you're now saying that there's some, well, in the way they rate some it, dangerous seats like, out there that you right. don't want to sit in. The fatality rate in the middle of the plane is the highest, and slightly that's lesser not paranoia in whatsoever. Yeah. Like yeah. in the front where first class is, so that's eat just, the rich. But yeah, that is just shooting yourself in the foot. I always thought the shitter was the safest place. If I'm going down, I'm going down in the shitter. No way, you'll just bounce around, man. Yeah, right. Well, it's like when you drink, you just make yourself loose, and then you don't get hurt. I don't know if. Shit. I don't know if that works. Does that. <laughs> <laughs> For you, anyway. That's funny. Cool. What else you got on your side? Good? Uh, yeah, that's it. Awesome. Um, well, you know, at this point, we're going to go ahead and do a quick bumper. And when we come back, John, you got a story for us. And we will unravel it and uh, see where it takes us. So, yeah, can't wait. That'd be awesome. Stand by. Follow strange uncles down the rabbit hole of the wild and bizarre. As we uncover history that shouldn't be talked about, topics that don't fit into the norm, and conspiracies that sometimes run amok. Find our website on mystrangeuncles.com, follow us on Twitter or Instagram at strangeuncles, or check out our YouTube channel, Strange Uncles Podcast, where we're adding new content every week. Open the gates. On an ordinary day on November 24, 1971, a man approached a ticket counter at the airport in Portland, Oregon. The clean-cut man, dressed in a suit and a skinny black tie, purchased a one-way ticket to Seattle, Washington under the name Dan Cooper. What follows is the story of one of the longest and most expensive investigations in FBI history. Dan Cooper boarded Northwest Orient Flight 305 and took his seat. Shortly after the Boeing 727 departed, Mr. Cooper passed a note along to a flight attendant, indicating he had a bomb in his briefcase. He showed the contents of said briefcase to the flight attendant. Inside were wires, red sticks, and a battery. In exchange for all passengers on board, save a portion of the flight crew, Mr. Cooper demanded $200,000 in $20 bills, equivalent to about $1.2 million in modern days, and four parachutes upon landing in Seattle. As the plane landed in Seattle, he allowed all 36 passengers to deboard the plane, but forced two pilots, a flight engineer, and a flight attendant to stay on board. After the plane refueled, he ordered the pilots to fly to Mexico City. The plane was to fly under 10,000 feet at a speed slower than 200 knots, roughly 230 miles an hour. Somewhere just north of Portland, Cooper tied the bank bag full of $20 bills to himself, lowered the rear steps of the plane, and leapt into the void of the black night leaving behind only two parachutes and a smart-looking black tie. Thus began the investigation the FBI dubbed Norjack, Northwest Hijacking. Local and national law enforcement, as well as the U.S. military, joined in the manhunt to find this elusive pirate of the sky. Jets, helicopters, and even the SR-71 secret spy plane manned the sky while 1,000 men searched the suspected landing zone and outlying area by foot yet they could find no trace of the well-kept man. Early bad reporting dubbed the hijacker as D.B. Cooper, and the name has stuck in legend and lore until this very day. Although the searches were thorough, no promising leads ever came to avail until nine years after the hijacking. 
A young man by the name of Brian Ingram was digging a hole for a fire pit just north of Portland, Oregon, along the Columbus River when he discovered three bundles of cash just below the surface, neatly wrapped in rubber bands. The bundles were all in $20 bills that matched the serial numbers of the marked bills D.B. Cooper was given. The cash amounted to a grand total of $5,800. This was the first piece of evidence gathered since that fateful day in 1971. The finding reignited the imagination of many people and the theories came flooding in. While many have speculated that D.B. Cooper never survived the initial jump, others believe quite the opposite. As such, one of those people is a filmmaker by the name of Thomas Colbert. Colbert claims he has found the real Cooper from decoded letters sent to various newspapers in the months after the hijacking. In one letter that was supposedly decoded, it states, I am First Lieutenant Robert Rackstraw. D.B. Cooper is not my real name. Robert Rackstraw was a former Special Forces paratrooper, explosive, explosives expert, and pilot with about 22 different aliases. Although the FBI eliminated Rackstraw as a possible suspect in 1979, Colbert believes they are covering for Rackstraw because of his involvement in classified units during the war and he may have worked for the CIA. Another filmmaker by the name of Dirk Wierenga believes he too has 100% figured out who the real D.B. Cooper is. Wierenga says that the real D.B. Cooper is a Michigan native by the name of Walter Rika. Rika apparently confessed to a close friend and his niece that he was the slippery, sharp-dressed man the FBI had spent years searching for. He told them to keep his secret until his death. Walter Rika's death came looking for him in 2014. According to the filmmaker, Rika is a plausible suspect because he was a former army paratrooper with experience in nighttime parachuting, survival training, a criminal background, and the motive that he was tired of being poor. Rika also claimed he jumped out near Clay Ellum, Washington. According to a United States government memorandum dated November 28, 1971, a more accurate place of descent of the hijacker would be three statute miles east-northeast of La Center, Washington. Also, Rika was only 38 at the time, and the passengers and airline employees said the man looked to be in his mid-40s, to name just a couple discrepancies. Another fun theory is that it was a BYU student by the name of Richard McCoy. McCoy was arrested a few months later in Provo, Utah for a similar hijacking that took place in the skies above San Francisco, California. He was reported as giving instructions to the pilots to fly over a town in Utah where he later bailed out of the plane somewhere over Utah Lake. He landed in a field south of Provo, Utah and walked to a nearby drive-in and hitched a ride home. The FBI says McCoy couldn't have been Cooper though because he was at home in Utah for Thanksgiving dinner in 1971. There were some people out there though that claim they have proved McCoy was lying about his whereabouts that eventful day. McCoy would later be killed in a firefight with law enforcement officials from the FBI in 1974. Over the FBI's 45-year investigation, they have considered over 1,000 serious suspects, but nothing more than circumstantial evidence could ever implicate any of them. The FBI eventually closed the case in 2016 because no new credible leads had come to fruition and the trail has gone ice cold. That has not stopped imaginations and armchair detectives alike from all around the world that still continue to study and examine this perplexing case to this very day. Yeah. Interesting. Very interesting. And I got to say, I didn't know probably half of that. Especially the end, the last, uh, the people that were suspected. 
Like over fucking 1,000 people. Oh, yeah. Could you imagine that yeah. mess? Implausible suspects at that. Oh, my God, dude. That's crazy. Hmm. Yeah, um, Cleveland, Washington. That was my old stomping grounds. I used to camp there all the time. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, I love oh. that place. So I can totally see. And then I, I pictured it too, because when you jump out there in Clay Elm, like there, there's nothing but trees. Like it's surrounded by, you have a river on one side and you have woods on the other side. There's nothing else going on. So it would be really easy for somebody to just um, kind of disappear. Yeah. Yeah. So crazy. Well, yeah. And I mm. mean, I, I think he personally, I think he survived the jump because yeah. they would have found... It had to I mean, be something. They, I mean, they right? would have found his body. Yeah. yeah, I think so. I mean, for the extensive searches that they had to have done. Yeah, they around had like all that area. The army out there searching. Yeah. And like so thousands many, of people. Thousands of people on yeah. the ground searching for that. So, hmm. um, yeah, and, and there's, there's, a, there's a lot of uh, debates and everything. Um, you know, People, did he die in the jump? Um, experienced skydivers say he would have died if it was his first jump, but if he was an expert, no problem. Right. Um, one experienced parachutist believed that anyone who had six or seven practice jumps could accomplish the jump. Um, yeah. The cold weather may or may not have killed him in the woods, even if he landed okay. No body or parachute was ever found. Yeah, but if you went through this kind of a plot to board take this hijack everything i'm sure you're going to put an extra pair of fucking undies on to make sure that you're a little warm right. knowing the kind of environment you're jumping into i would think well and i mean you <clears throat> plotted everything else out i mean yeah it seemed like he had a pretty good idea of what he was want, yeah. wanting to do right and like a lot of interesting points got brought up in the history special that got made about uh colbert's theory about robert rackstraw um i watched that uh open it chain <laughs> I know, <right? laughs> um I, I watched that uh last night and this morning kind of preparing for this so that i would know something about it because i hadn't yeah. thought about it in years uh-huh. and um and it was really interesting uh because their theory of the case is that it wasn't really about the money it was because he'd gotten uh dis- dishonorably discharged for falsifying some oh. personal information hmm. and uh and it was all to just get back at the government, basically. Hmm. Um, it's a good way to do it. I Fuck. I don't think it was him after watching that whole thing because when they finally talked to uh, the stewardess that was with him the whole time, she was like, "That's not him." Yeah. And the that uh, Col- Colbert guy uh, just would not accept it. Like they had a they brought in a former assistant director of the FBI and a. Uh, investigative journalists to kind of vet their theory that they'd been working on for like five years. And, um, and they basically went through it and poked a bunch of holes in it. And then they got to talk to people that hadn't been willing to talk to Colbert. And I, the guy's name was like Forbes. I can't remember his first name now. (laughs) Really? His other, the other guy, he's like a pretty well-known investigative journalist. Yeah. I I read, I read about him while I was doing some research about this. Um, and he, uh, yeah, they basically when they when they showed them the interview with the stewardess and the co-pilot that were both like, no, that's not him. Um, mm-hmm. Forbes was like, well, I guess I guess it's not him. And the Colbert guy was like, and just what? Let I it don't go? buy it. 
Oh, still wouldn't accept it. Yeah. Fucking well, the, now, the yeah. guy who was a professional investigative journalist was like, well, sometimes theories don't pan out. You know, you don't twist the facts to support To, to try the to theory. make it work. You right. twist and the theory to support the facts. And What does a filmmaker huh. know more than the FBI? Right? He's a filmmaker. Like, if he's... Yeah, I, mean, if he on, F- I mean, obviously the FBI isn't perfect and they've made plenty of mistakes, but... Yeah. I think if he was a viable suspect... Yeah, you know, so... Like, so they, they wouldn't have ruled him out. They right. go and talk to the uh, Seattle field office, mm-hmm. to the guy who, the agent in charge of the case. And he's basically like, we can neither confirm nor deny anything. So, like, he had met with uh, Colbert mm-hmm. and was like, he was basically like, they gave me a pretty compelling presentation, but like, none of it was actual evidence that we could use or that we didn't already know about. Yeah. And like, I can't, like, because of the rules of the FBI, I can't be like, no, you're wrong, or yes, you're right, you know? Yeah. And they can't say why they cleared him as a suspect, but they cleared him as a suspect. They're just like, hmm. we did, it wasn't that guy. Like, and, yeah. and yeah, as of, I think, 2016, when that came out, he still just wouldn't accept it. Yeah. Like, he was well, like, I am convinced the, it's him. Jesus. And it's like, everybody is telling you it's not him. You Everyone the, who, yeah. like, would actually know is mm-hmm. telling you it's not him. Yeah. Well, and there's a, there's a lot of debate on whether Cooper was an experienced skydiver. There's certain things that he did that would, mm-hmm. uh, you know, lead somebody to think that he was a novice. And then some things he did that would make it seem like he knew what he was doing. For instance, um, he requested front and back parachutes, which I guess that equals a novice. Yeah, I don't know enough about skydiving um, to Yeah, and then that, but, but yeah. and then he turned down instructions on how to use the parachute apparently and so that would uh indicate that he was experienced. Um or he, just a dummy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, it can't go either way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um he picked the non-steerable military parachute which equals novice. Um, the Miller sh- military shoot could better withstand the exit speed of the plane, which would indicate yeah, experienced could go either way. Right. Um, he put the parachute on like he knew what he was doing. Experienced. Um, he took the reserve shoot that was sewn closed and non-functional novice. Yeah. Huh? A little bit mixed match of everything. Yeah. And I guess, uh, throw people off the Tina bar money where Brian Ingram found it yeah. along the Columbia river. Mm-hmm. Um, is problematic because it was 20 miles away from the town of Ariel, Washington, where the drop zone analysis completed in 71 said he jumped. Um, yeah. So in order to get the money on T onto Tina bar, um, versus the Washougal washdown theory, based on the idea that the money had I heard to about wash that. first down smaller rivers, mm-hmm. then into the Columbia river in order to end up on Tina bar. Right. Um, and second is that the FBI flight path was incorrect and Cooper actually landed on Tina bar and buried the money. And third is that Cooper or someone else buried money on Tina bar to throw off the FBI. Yeah. Hmm. So like they cover a lot of that in the thing I watched. Mm-hmm. Um, just as because they're tr- they were still trying to like pin it on uh uh I can't say that dude's name um Colbert or? no the guy that he was convinced was Rackstraw yeah Robert thank you Rackstraw. oh yeah yeah Rackstraw um so like they the former FBI director and the investigative reporter actually interviewed the guy 
uh, whose son found the money because mm-hmm. uh, Colbert had footage of them interviewing him and he seemed like super agitated and Colbert took that as a sign that he was in on it. But like really he just didn't like Colbert. Yeah. <laughs> he just thought he was an asshole. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it sounds like this Colbert guy is just not willing to look at the facts and he has a little his stubborn mi- and he has his <laughs> yeah. mind made up yeah. and he seems to that's kind know of, more than everyone else. Yeah. But in fact, he just sounds like a pompous dick. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I wouldn't or arrogant. Yeah. I wouldn't go as far as to say hmm. dick. I would say he's very convinced of his theory, which on the sure surface, himself, if you, if, I, you, I, if you, you know. don't, if you don't take any contradictory information into account, is a really good theory. Like I recommend that you watch it. It's really good. Hmm. Um, but, uh, so when they talk to, uh, Brian Ingram's father, um, he's talking about how they went down there to camp and, uh, how his kid was digging the fire pit, but by digging the fire pit, he was just using his hands to like make a flat space to put the fire. It's not like he was digging with a shovel or anything Mm -hmm. and the money was just barely under the sand. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it wasn't far under there. Yeah. And so it could easily been a wash in. Yeah. And in like 74, they dredged the Columbia river Mm -hmm. and put the sand at Tina bar. Yeah. It was, it was reported that the, the money was in a layer of top sand laid down by the dredging. Um, and so I guess that implies that the money was somewhere else upstream for years before washing, ended up before washing right down there. there. And uh, Dr. Leonard Palmer um, from Portland State University, he's a geologist. Um, the FBI hired him, and he was kind of the guy that um, figured that out. Hmm. Yeah. And, like, the poor guy, like, they're asking him where the other $194,000 are, like, he knows, and, like, he was – it was actually kind of sad because he was like talking about how he was just trying to do the right thing and then like got drug into this whole crazy mess because just because he found some money. Which is sad because that happens often on bullshit like that. You know, yeah. I find it funny that uh, there was even an SR 71 spy plane in regards yeah. to yeah. the research. Yeah, it's like, oh my God. Crazy. Yeah. And that would have been fucking fairly new. I mean, at that mm-hmm. point. Yeah. You know, so. Just barely rolling that puppy out. Yeah. Well, put it to good use, I guess. Mm-hmm. That yeah. shit's crazy. But yeah, there's debate if uh, Cooper was from the area, like the Northwest, because um, apparently he recognized uh, Tacoma from the air. Um, Apparently, he would be an idiot to hijack an airplane where he could possibly be recognized, right. which would suggest that he's not local. Um, I, he, he made the unusual request for negotiable American currency, unlike most Americans. Um, so hmm. that may imply that he's not from this country. Yeah, or he's just like pulled off the perfect heist. Yeah. Well, I mean, think about it. Yeah, you know, you like throw all, all these little uh, one-offs and to these, throw people off, you know? right? Like the parachute pick. You know, hey, I'm going to throw a couple of these uh, dummy moves in there just mm-hmm. to kind of, you know, if you're really a thinking man, um, doable. So when they interviewed Tina, the flight attendant, uh, she said that he didn't seem like a bad person, like he wasn't screaming and yelling and shit, and he was calm the whole time. Yeah, which makes me think that can't be the first time he's done. Maybe not hijack a plane, but something like this to just be steady and calm the whole calm yeah right right and um maybe a career criminal of some yeah like some type the only Mm. time he flipped out was when they brought him the money 
um, because he requested that it be in a knapsack, so like a satchel, so he could put it over his shoulder, oh. and they brought it in a big bank bag. Yeah. And I wonder if when he tied that to himself and hit the slipstream jumping out of the back of the plane, if the, it just got ripped off. You know what I mean? That would like be my the, luck. Like the that would be totally my in, luck. In, yeah, like in, he didn't tape them to himself hard enough or something yeah. like that. Mm. Or just like uh, when they made the jump into Normandy and on D-Day, they made them put all this gear in these leg bags that they tied to their legs, and like almost every single uh, paratrooper, it got ripped off as soon as they hit the air, like hmm. just because whoever designed it didn't know anything about jumping out of an airplane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Hey, Phil, we got a job for you. <laughs> sure. But, like, I mean, I wonder if that's where that money came from. If, like, as soon as he hit the mm. air, it just was, like, yeah, gone, you know? So it was just in a couple bundles. Maybe wow. that just landed by itself, eventually got. Hmm. Um, yeah. Interesting. Well, and the co-pilot was talking about the way uh, that they were insisting that he that he was insisting that they fly the plane like at a low altitude with the flaps down and how their plane started icing up and they were burning fuel and they were like genuinely afraid they were just going to fall out of the sky and mm. stuff so it was pretty interesting I'll be yeah. damn Yeah there's a uh, there's other theories about like why the how the money stayed um you know in decent shape enough yeah. to like read stuff and one of them is the bank bag protected them for years in the river and then rotted away before the money did. Um, mm, yeah, I can see that. Possibly. Um, this goes losing the money. Yeah. Uh, Cooper, he lost the money when he landed in the dark or someone else buried the money there. Yeah. But it wasn't really no. buried. Per, and, yeah. as, as you would yeah. think no. buried is. And that's kind of crazy. That's really just that money is really the only yeah solid clue they've came up with in 45 years and yeah like they had uh eight cigarette butts left on the plane from him and the tie but like they didn't have the uh procedural uh procedural procedures that they have now for gathering to evidence the dna the or maybe the cigarette butts yeah or something so like, like yeah yeah like uh the fbi agent that they interviewed was like yeah there were multiple donors like we can't say it, it's basically useless evidence because it wasn't collected properly because we didn't have these techniques in 71 or whatever yeah hmm. i don't think dna was even a thing no. until no the yeah, mid 80s then. and then it was still super shot in the mid 80s yeah yeah it's nothing like interesting nothing like now and nothing yeah. has showed up in circulation other than what was found. It's when you're talking about matching the numbers to the bills. Which mm-hmm. is why a lot of people think he's either dead or just lost the money. Yeah. But that's just two bucks. That's but just 5800 bucks. He, if got, you he got away with $200,000. Yeah, well, and if he yeah. if he got out of the country with it, then who knows? You know, well, true. Right? Yeah, if it's out of the country, it's gone. But if it, like if he if he made it to Mexico or into Canada or something and like right, right. just like exchanged it with a bank for whatever the local currency was, God, who knows? I'm going to go camping in Cleelum again. Let's see what I find out <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, really, you look, look at that theory, like just now you have lost money. You know, only $5,800 found. There's still a million with inflation out there. Yeah. yeah. So, when, crazy. Uh, when they were um, when they were in the Seattle field office talking to the agent in charge of the case, they actually got called into the agent in charge of the Seattle field office's uh, office, and he was like, we're just about to announce this, so I just want to tell you guys because you're here, but we're that's when they closed the case. Mm-hmm. And he said that basically without the parachute or the money, yeah, it's just done. Do? Like yeah. That's the only evidence that's really going to get it. them to continue to pursue it because 
they just don't have any enough evidence for any viable suspects. Yeah. Right. I think hmm. I think he just pulled off the perfect heist mm-hmm. and I think he got away with it. It'd be interesting to know who he is. You know, if that was the case. Well, yeah, that's you know, the whole just, fucking I mean, thing. I know. It's just like, <laughs> fuck, you know? Goddamn. Yeah, uh, they, when they're interviewing the uh, flight attendant and the co-pilot, uh, he was talking about when they were uh, on the ground in Seattle and, like, uh, going on and off the plane, and he kept trying to tell the flight attendants to go off the plane and not come back on. And because if they did that, then him and, and the flight crew could just walk out of the cockpit and like the only way db cooper would have known would have been if he was like on the floor looking underneath the curtain between um first class and and Mm. the main cabin and the assistant fbi director when he found that out was like yeah because that changes everything then it's a barricaded suspect not a hostage situation and they would have just (laughs) stormed the plane and this wouldn't even be a thing you know jesus but like the they'd didn't get off the plane. And I think, um, well, the other two stewardesses did, but then like Tina came back on with the money and they just ended up not going back off and stuff. So Hmm. anyway, interesting. It's crazy. Yeah. I I hope he got away with it. Well, out of all the, you know, that's just one of the, how many different lost, not known people in history with shit going on. They're still trying to find out Amelia Earhart for fuck's sake. This shit just blows my mind. You know, yeah. like how do you just disappear off the face of the earth and a lot and easier you weren't even in 1971. Known before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nowadays, and pretty the fucking tough. ocean is vast. Yes. Yeah. Um, so it's crazy easy to disappear if you're flying solo over it. Yeah. <laughs> Anything happens. Like uh, I saw something recently where she, they thought they found pieces of her plane on an island somewhere. Yeah. That's, that's a newest report. Thing. Yeah. Um, that's a whole other rabbit hole. Yes. Yes, it can be. Wow, man. Well, cool. Dude, awesome write-up. Yeah. Well, Fucking so uh, I just want to say the name of that show real quick. It's uh, D.B. Cooper, Case Closed, question mark. Um, it's a two-part series. The first part, they focus more on just the actual events. And then the second part is like all about Colbert and Forbes and their theory. And those uh, the assistant FBI director and the reporter like investigating it. And it's more about uh, Rackstraw than D.B. Cooper. <laughs> Yeah, because Jesus. they get sucked yeah. into Colbert's focus, trying to pin it. Yeah, trying to pin it on him. But it's super interesting, and it was really well done. Hmm. Hmm. I'm gonna check that out. I don't know. I'm so far behind now on my documentary documentaries and my books. I don't even know which way to fucking spin. <laughs> yeah, oh, fuck, ridiculous. Yeah. Anyway, awesome. Um, anybody got anything else? We're gonna wrap it up. I think for the listeners. Um, Note to self, we have other things written. We have an interview actually with a special effects icon that uh, we're going to put out here sometime. And also, you know, I forgot the other day, I got an interview with the uh, realism people up there oh, in the yeah. UFO. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so we got to figure out how to fucking piece that puzzle together that's, and throw that shit yeah, out yeah, there. Yeah, that's a fun one. So yeah, we got some stuff to stick to the wall. So hopefully you guys are enjoying it. Um, again, write us, strangeuncles at gmail.com <laughs> or you can check out our website, My Strange Uncles. Uh, we got a YouTube channel as well that we're trying to populate, not uh, quite off the ground yet. Or you can call us at 801-252-69. Boom. 45. Yeah, feedback is welcome as we're kind of experimenting with the platform too. So Yeah. Yeah. Something a little bit new. Um so far it's uh so far it's working well, you know. But yeah, by all means, let us know your uh let us know your theories and your ideas. So um unless you guys got anything else, 
Yeah, just thanks for listening. We'll see you yep. next week. Awesome, awesome. Um, actually, I think next week we have an interview possibly lined up. I'm not going to say it in case it fell through. It fell through once, but we're going to see. So, right. awesome. Cool. Uh, close the gate. Close the gates. Slam them. Thank <laughs> you.